everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Sabrina Oso of the organization Oso Safe. Thank you for joining me today, Sabrina. Thank you, Dion. A pleasure to be with you. <laughs> awesome. So, Sabrina, if you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself and your organization, that would be great. Sure, sure. Um, again, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Sabrina Osto from Oso Safe. Feel safe where you live, work, and play. I am a speaker and consultant on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace, schools, and in particular in your place of residence. Um, we are not a charity or a nonprofit. Uh, we have a very different perspective. Um, on the whole subject of violence, safety, uh, anti-abuse. Um, and I, I will talk about it as the, as the interview progresses, um, but we have a very different perspective, if you will. Uh, I am a TEDx speaker and we combine education and technology to promote safety and prevent violence. So that's basically me in a nutshell. Um, the company actually started as a one-woman show that I wrote, uh, that I wrote, choreographed, and performed because I am a dancer. And um, and and the name of the show is Home Sweet Home. And I play different women being abused. She goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence, of abuse. But the show ends really strong, really empowering. And I did a lot of research for the show and I could not believe the statistics I was finding. Like not only, um, I mean, I, I am a victim of violence or I should say a survivor. Um, my father beat my mother on a regular basis. I knew my suffering, but I didn't realize how many others are suffering. So I said to myself, I have to make this into a business with bona fide products and services to really make an impact in people's lives, whether they're going through violence or not. Um, so that's how Oso Safe was born, really. So that's me in a nutshell, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I truly admire you for starting up this organization um, because I think um, we don't have much knowledge as to um, the abuse that um, we have to go through in our homes or even in the workplace in general. Um, we're so afraid to speak up because of authority and we don't want to get fired or we don't want to be classified as being overdramatic or oversensitive simply because we're a female or a male in general. I'm sure it can work both ways um, as far yes. as that spectrum goes. Um, considering the pandemic right now, since unfortunately we're 
still in it, but um, we are really conducive to our households, which I feel can be problematic um, for those um, in possibly toxic relationships or toxic environments. Um, how, how has your um, organization helped um, with that um, going on right now with the pandemic? Yes. Uh COVID, I think I read a statistic uh, about uh, at this time last year, or maybe about nine months ago, that COVID has spiked all over. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, domestic violence, home violence has spiked because of COVID all over the globe. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are. I think, it, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it has increased, like even the calls coming into shelters and, and uh, 800 numbers. Um, 80%, 85%, I believe. So it's really alarming. Um, I continue to do these podcasts to get the word out to really, like I said, we have a different perspective. And I think people are beginning to understand that homes, the focus has to be in residency. We cannot go on anymore where we hold a bucket and wait for donations to drop in that bucket to help victims. And the victims, I'm glad you pointed out, it could be female or male. Uh, one out of three women will be, beat, will be beaten or raped in a lifetime. One out of three young people will be in, a, in an abusive relationship. One out of seven men is abused. By the end of today, four women will be killed by their abusive partners, and most of them will be killed after they leave their abusers. 15 million children witness violence in their own homes each and every year. Uh, I could go on and on with statistics, but it, and th those are just the ones that are documented, mind you. So, um, we're, we haven't been doing as many presentations because COVID has uh, suspended that, if you will, you know, in-person uh, in person presentations, obviously, speaking engagements, seminars and workshops. So I've been doing more podcasts, uh, radio, um, and, and just virtual speaking engagements um, as much as possible. And we feel that the more we convey to the public that the concentration has to be in residency, where we make residency safe, we have something, if I may explain it, um, we have something called the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home Package. And we are introducing this into the landlord tenant portion of the industry, of the real estate industry. We want this to propagate over all residency, but we're concentrating on landlord tenant because that's the path of least resistance right now. What does that mean? The Oso Safe Home Sweet Home package consists of a policy, a seminar, an app, and assigned therapist to the building. So this means we're saying Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, hire us, we will go into your building, we will have everyone sign a policy. And in this policy, this is a, it's a copywritten policy that I designed. It's an addendum to existing leases. And it says, basically, I, as a landlord, I promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. 
you in turn as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape or form abusively. Otherwise, you, the abuser only gets immediately evicted from the premises. And we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. The advantages of that for a landlord is that you maintain property reputation, you mitigate liability, your vacancy rates will drop and your tenants feel safe. And then the rest of the family unit gets to stay provided that they could still pay the rent or the mortgage. That's the policy. Then we have a seminar where, and, and it's part of the package. We go in and we teach all tenants, new and existing, on facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline, just to name a few items. So that way everybody's educated on these, on, on how to promote safety and prevent violence in their units, in their place of residence. Then we have an app. This is the technology portion of it. This app, um, it will detect violent-like movements and captures them in real time, issuing alerts. Um, and, and it gives you a 30-second video of the actual violent-like movement. Um, it's being updated right now, actually, but let's say a landlord has 10 units. The app is installed. Oh, wow, I just got an alert in my unit two and in my unit 10, I just saw he beat the crap out of her or she just beat the crap out of the kids, that's grounds for eviction. We don't do that here at an Oso Safe certified property. You are held to a higher regard, a higher standard. That's the app. And then we have assigned therapists to the building that require all tenants to check in with their therapist once a month. Hello, is everything okay? Do you feel like anything is looming? Uh, maybe your daughter just told you, Ma, Dad, I'm pregnant. What are you going to do? Are you going to beat the crap out of her? No. You are better than that because you got educated. You signed the policy. Um, you're going to work it out with the therapist. Your son comes home. He says that he's gay. You're going to beat him up or verbally disparage him? No. You are going to work it out with the therapist. You are going to practice safety, practice nonviolence. So there's more to it, but just to be to condense it, those are the components of the Oso Safe Home Sweet Home package. And that gets your property Oso Safe certified. And then we put our, our logo, which is behind me, outside of the building. And this says to on uh, driving traffic and pedestrian traffic, oh, I know what that logo means. That means it is safe. They practice safety, they're educated how to be nonviolent. And if anything happens that is violent, there's mechanisms in place that are executed, that are implemented. Um, this makes for better residency all around. And we're looking to do this one property at a time. Like I said, right now we're starting with uh, landlords and tenants. So to answer your question with COVID, this is what we are introducing into the real estate industry um, because now more than ever, people are working from home. They're learning from home. You know, the kids are, are at home doing virtual or a, a hybrid. Um, and then home is home. Your home should be your sanctuary, not a war zone. 
It should be your, you should feel safe in there and not, not scared. So, um, so all of these components together, we're trying to change the face of residency where now it's a required standard condition of residency that you're nonviolent, that you practice safety, that you are non-chaotic, uh, there's no dysfunction. Um, I hope I answered your question, Dion. You, you answered my question beautifully and I truly admire you. Um your plan as far as implementing, um, I hope I'm not mispronouncing this, your organization also save into um, particular home related properties because our home is our sanctuary and it shouldn't be a war zone. We should all feel safe in that respect. Um, so I truly admire you for finding ways to implement it and not just with a licensed therapist on the property, but like through technology, because technology, as much as some people try to dismiss it sometimes, it is a fundamental factor into our evolving world. So if there's a way to utilize that particular aspect to enable like a safety warning of some sort, then that is just, that just is remarkable to be able to do that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it, the as we say, uh, we combine education and technology. One reinforces the other. You have the education where the people in the structure are educated, and then you have the technology to pick it up, to enforce that education and vice versa. Um, it'll, it will eliminate the he said, she said factor. I know if I had my own products, that I'm introducing growing up, my reality as a child would have been much different. My father would not have gotten away with half the things he got away with. Um, and, and we're saying, uh, look school uh, or university, hire us. We will get your school and university also safe certified because um, at school, they're dealing with problematic children, right? Where they have tantrums, they act out. The thing is, I would say seven, eight, nine times out of 10, that child is acting out and having a tantrum because home is hell, because it's one or two parents that are abusive. So the child is reacting, doesn't know how to process it. They're getting abused either verbally, physically, or sexually, or a combination of all three. How is that child supposed to be expected to perform well at school when they're being beat up or verbally disparaged or sexually abused, and yet they go to school and they're trying to, they're expected to get good grades, be involved in social activities, um, stay quiet when they're supposed to stay quiet, be social when they're supposed to be social. It, it's just, it, it's impossible. And I've always had this feeling, Dion, um, like I said, I respect all of the nonprofits and charities, but I feel like to a certain degree, they keep the problem in place, you know, because we're looking at it like this. You are focusing on the abuse. We're focusing on the safety, preventative. Let's prevent it. Let's get it diminished and then eventually prevented one residents at a time. 
because the kids suffer the most. And I could tell you from personal experience, whew, my, my father beating my mother and cops would show up and, and, and I had no one to go to really. No one, no one, no one. And family knew, um, the neighbors certainly knew. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, you're so alone. And, you know, like, um, even with COVID, I say, uh, uh, you know, like, like, like people say, oh, well, you know, the kids can go to the parents uh, to get help and go to a close family friend or the parents or a family member. But when you live in that type of environment, I could tell you from personal experience, you're alone. You can't go to your parents. How can you go to your parents if your parents are the enemy? They're the ones that are being abusive. You can't go to them for support. Like with COVID, um, there is a spike in suicide or attempted suicide in children, teens, young adults. And yes, I, excuse me, I understand. However, in a household where there's love and nurturing and uh, patience, and no violence, no abuse. The kids can handle COVID. Um, I hope I make sense. Like there's a support system there, the mom and the dad, or even if you're a single parent, as long as there's no abuse, no chaos, no violence, no dysfunction, and you reassure your kid, little Sally, little Timmy, everything is gonna be okay. Just because there's COVID, it doesn't mean that we're going to die, um, we're safe. We wash our hands. We're gonna we're gonna do extra hugging. Um, we're going to social distance. Um, we're gonna talk to grandma and grandpa on the phone. Uh, we're gonna Facetime. All we're gonna do schoolwork. Like all of these mechanism mechanisms are in place in a home that's safe. But in a home that isn't, it was already bad pre-COVID. So now with COVID, it's even worse, right? Because abusive parents, they don't handle these situations well. Um, so it's like hell on top of hell, if you will, for the children. It's, it's even worse. And I think it's those children that attempt suicide. And I'm not saying in every case, please don't misunderstand me. But I feel like in, in we're kind of mis misinterpreting the 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 severity of the problem in a home that is intact they're handling it you know it's the homes that are that have violence abuse chaos dysfunction so so of course with covid it's it's even more escalated the 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 anxiety the depression the tendency to self harm um you know, and, and then and then students can't see their friends, which is understandable. Um, and we're saying, look, this has to be a, a practice. We have to practice nonviolence, non-abuse. It's it's not just one and done. So this is what we encourage in, in residency, in schools, and in the workplace. It has to be ingrained in our brain that this is a practice, how to practice discipline versus abuse with your children, how to practice um, 
punching pillows instead of punching each other. Um, uh, not, not demeaning anyone, not being verbally disparaging to anyone. Um, I'm sorry, Dion. I think we went off on a tangent a little bit, but I hope I answered your question. Bring me back at any point because I, I just woo. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're doing just fine. I don't see it as a tangent. Um, I'm being emotionally affected as you're speaking because it's so profound and it, it truly is important. Um, and I don't think it's talked about enough. I mean, plenty of topics are discussed, rather it's sexual harassment or politics which we're not going to get into that but um i think people truly truly don't understand the magnitude of the fact that non-violence i'm like mixing up my words here violence of any kind can truly happen anywhere especially in a place you find the most safety which is your home so right right and i i i like to say um uh, in fact, I'm, I'm doing a, um, a virtual, uh, I'm doing my workshop, the Oso Safe workshop. And, and this is things that I mentioned. I, I explain uh, like how not to be uh, violent. Um, it's going to be in uh, East Ramapo School um, in New Jersey on uh, not this Thursday, a week from a, a week from tomorrow. It's going to be a virtual school, a virtual uh, uh, Zoom. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the Oso Safe Homes. Uh, I'm sorry, the Oso Safe Workshop, and uh, there's going to be teachers there, students, parents, and other people, I believe. And we say, home violence is the big umbrella. The big umbrella. Under that is verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, harassment, bullying sex trafficking, um, uh, school violence, workplace violence, cyberbullying. If you think about it, all of those start in the home. The root of it is in some type of residence. You could do great with your kid, raise your child right, do your job as a parent, boy or girl, you send them off to school. If they're sitting next to a Nicholas Cruz, for example, the shooter from Parkland, uh, Parkland, Florida, uh, the, the shooter um, who shot up all those, the, the, the students and teachers at, um, I think it was 2018 on February 14th. If your child is sitting next to him or someone like him or her for that matter, it's not enough that you did your job because Nicholas's parents didn't do their job. He's violent, he's an abuser. He is a problematic child. And that started when he was young. Um, He shot up that school at 19, if I'm not mistaken. That needed to be resolved when he was four or five years old. Um, And and it could have been, and this is what we're saying at Oh So Safe, get us in there this education and adopting or adapting the technology and getting everyone educated has to start now it it has to start now because the sooner you start the less likely these kids are going to become future victims or future abusers in their own relationships because 
you're, you need to break the cycle. And if you don't go get help and you don't know how to break the cycle and you think that, well, dad beat up mom all the time or mom beat up dad all the time, you're going to think that's normal. You're going to think that that's okay. And then you're going to perpetuate that in your own relationships. So it has to be taught from a very young age. Just because you're a, a boy, in order to become a man, you don't dominate any girls. Just because you're a girl, in order to become a woman, you don't be submissive. And vice versa, vice versa. Um, something that I want to mention that, that I, that I, um, I mean, unless you want to ask me, but uh, uh, pornography is a big driver of violence. Big, big, big. Uh, pornography is 88.2% physical aggression towards women. And a lot of people think, oh, pornography is sexual freedom. I'm here to tell you, and I've been saying this repeatedly in more and more interviews, it is the opposite of sexual freedom. We are all for sexual freedom at OsoSafe. Absolutely. You want to turn your house into a jungle and dress up, uh, be like monkeys and have wonderful orgasms. And that's great. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pornography where it's aligned with child trafficking, sex trafficking, child rape, prostitution. Um, it's, it's all under the same umbrella, if you will. So we need to not give pornographic materials to our sons, our grandsons, our nephews, our any, any male in our families, because you are teaching them essentially how to be hostile towards girls when they start dating. So, and there is another portion of this, of pornography, that has come to my attention fairly recently. And I, I'm making a point to say this in public and, and to really educate um, pornography. There's males, right? Males that do the that do the, um, the, the, the violence in, in, in a sexual context, sex, sexual violence in pornography. Uh, again, I want to repeat, we're not talking about sexual freedom. We're not talking about erotica, where there's consent. Um, and in pornography, it may look like consent, but someone's getting raped, someone's getting sexually assaulted, someone's being forced to do things that they don't want to do. Um, there is a portion of pornography called a financial dominatrix. She is the female abuser in the equation, the female sex abuser. What's more disturbing is that this is legal and it is consensual. And, and Essentially, a financial dominatrix is really a paid sex abuser. She does unspeakable, disturbing, convulsing, revolting things on and off camera. And these women infiltrate in our societies, Dion, in our communities. They pose as upstanding citizens. Meanwhile, they do these things at home and they make a lot of money. And it's virtual as well as in person. And 
and they could be part of our PTA. They can, they're, and, and for them, it's, it's an arousal because it's almost like a me monster complex. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a financial dominatrix, but I'm in this upper middle-class neighborhood and no one's suspecting anything. Meanwhile, I'm part of the PTA. It's extremely disturbing and they date and or marry guys that are submissive and they could have children of their own. So in the household, these are people that she gets to dominate on and off camera. And I want to make it a point to let people know, because I was a heavy duty clubber in New York City. Uh, my favorite music is techno. So I, I knew about that, obviously, the financial dominatrix. It was very, you know, tongue in cheek. What's the expression like? Oh, you know, um, uh, you pay for sex or I mean, but like I said, it has come to my attention that it's much it's it's extremely detrimental. And these women are dangerous, manipulative, dominating individuals, and they will stop at nothing to get what they want. They are abusers. It's just what I said. And, and once the camera comes off, stops recording, they're still abusive. So, yes, man, men abuse, but also women. So I'm glad I designed my company where I never designed it where, and, and I am, I am pro-victim. You know, I, I, I am pro, I, I, I shouldn't say that, that's the wrong phrase, but you, I think you know what I mean. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to help the people that need it the most. And actually those people are children really, but whoever is a victim, it doesn't matter the gender that the hand occupies, male or female, it's still bad. Whether the male is abusing or the female, it's horrible either way. So thank you for letting me explain this um, because I think these financial dominatrixes slip under the radar and they have the law on their side. And we need to change that and make this illegal because like I said, they are dangerous and they will stop at nothing to get what they want. And I'm going to get, I'm going to be more and more vocal about this. Um, it, it, it's just, uh, it's just absolutely disturbing. And in fact, um, in early December, there was the New York Times did an investigation of Pornhub. And they found, um, I think the exact word word was infested. The website was infested with child rape, child sex trafficking, sex trafficking ads. So uh, three credit cards, Discover, um, MasterCard, and Visa, if I'm not mistaken, they said, you know what? We don't want our credit card to be used for this. So they stopped all payments of Pornhub for these, um, for anyone downloading porn or engaging in porn, and I commend all three credit cards. I haven't read up on any on the update of that investigation, but I uh, I'm glad that happened because it, it's making a statement to 
the pornography world. And like I said, it's not about sexual freedom. Um, uh, it's making a, a statement that you're actually feeding the monster of sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, pornography, prostitution, financial dominatrix. Like I said, the more appropriate title should be a paid sex abuser. Um, so, uh, and, and in schools, sex trafficking is happening in schools and universities where students, male students are handing off their girlfriends to their friends. It's very disturbing. And a lot of it is fueled by how you're raised at home and the pornography that is given to these boys thinking, yeah, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just uh, exercising my sexual uh, drive or, you know. Um, so uh, uh, thank you for letting me say that because it, it's, it, it, it's important to kind of connect all the dots. No problem. And I love that you share that because I had no knowledge of that whatsoever. I mean, I know there's pornography and unfortunately that's a part of our world, but I had no idea the um, seedy underbelly of it and the toxicity of it as much as you expressed it. So truly, thank you. Um, so I have more knowledge of it now and I'm pretty sure my listeners will um, take to heart what you just said because it's truly touched me and how disturbing it is. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, I, I and, and please don't misunderstand me. We at Also Safe, we're, we're very positive. We're very encouraging. We're not saying, oh, you know, oh, gosh, this is horrible. This is never going to get resolved. No, especially with what we're doing with residency um, and the Also Safe Home Sweet Home package and the certification. I think this will really catch on the more that time passes and the more I talk about it. And, um, and, and, and we have to talk about violence. We have to talk about abuse, um, but we have to talk about solutions. And, and I do as much as possible. So that way people are encouraged, people are empowered um, and people want to jump on the bandwagon and say, yeah, come get, get our building also oh safe certified. This is great. Um, we didn't even know that such a service existed. And I can say over time, um, sooner than later, home violence will diminish and eventually be prevented. People won't tolerate it anymore. And, they, it, and this is from a business standpoint. Um, it, it's not like, forget about the law, because the law, I have to say, they make matters worse. They make matters worse, especially for the abused child. And I say this in my TEDx talk. Um, uh, it, it, from, from the lawyers to the, the mediators, the child protective service agencies, the, the, the schools to a certain degree, and ultimately the judges, they make matters so much worse for the abused child. Um, it, it's just... And, and I, I always consult with a small team of lawyers for my company. 
And the one of the attorneys, her specialty is divorce, especially family violence. And when I introduced to her the OSO safe certification and the package, she said, wow, Sabrina, you're short circuiting the whole thing. And she said this in a good way, because if you get your property also safe certified, what do you need a lawyer, an expensive lawyer for? What do you need the child protective service agency for? What do you need to go to a judge for? It's all handled, nipped in the bud in residency, period, over and out. So, and that's how it should be, really. That's how it should be. Um, I, I inform myself of, um, with children's books and uh, I'm actually in the middle of writing one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get, um, I'm trying to put all the components together. And, you know, I, I go to the children's book section at, at Barnes and Nobles or, and a lot of the books there are, you know, positivity and encouraging your child and what to do if your child has a panic attack and uh, moms and dads, four kids. That's all great. It's all great. However, the kids that need those books the most, they're not going to see them because the, the abusive parent is not going to show it to them. No abusive parent wants their child, how do I say, uh, they say they love their child and they say that they care and that, but if you cared, if you loved your child, you would be disciplining them, not abusing them. You wouldn't be smacking them. You wouldn't be calling them uh, ungrateful and you're, you're a brat, you're a monster, you're nothing, you're a failure. You wouldn't be kicking them and um, punishing them. So those books need to reach the abused kids. And I feel like, I feel like with what we're doing with Oso Safe and the certification and the package, um, now it's a, we're making this a required standard condition of residency. This will reach the ones that need it the most, the education, uh, because abusive parents can't act the way they want to anymore. Um, they can't get away with it anymore. And that's how it should be. Um, so um, I, I thank you for your positive feedback, Dion. I, I, I thank you for the, um, yeah, for the positive comments, you know, and uh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm shedding a different light on the whole subject. You, you're shedding a perfect light um, from myself personally, and I'm sure many of my listeners who will be listening to this episode. And I'm not trying to like misconstrued um, what your organization represents in any form, but I feel um, in order to understand safety, you have to know what it is you're specifically protecting. In order to know what you're protecting, you have to know the toxicity and the violence and everything it accompanies violence, which is, as you um, eloquently put it, human trafficking, pornography, abusive, um, child rape, um, middle school kids selling off their girlfriends. Um, you said it all is all under a specific umbrella that is abuse. So 
Um, I very much admire you for touching on that and explaining that and what your um, organization is trying to do. You're trying to find a solution and you're also trying to get the people who are involved some type of comfort and also those like the abuser um, just to not get confused with your points, but you're finding, you're finding a solution to the issue. You're not just providing them safety, which is great. And I'm pretty sure organizations of all kinds do that, but you're, you're not just solving one problem. You're trying to solve the myriad of problems that accompanies the actual issue. Right. Yes, that's the goal. Thank you for picking up on that. Absolutely. Yes, because I, I thought long and hard about this when I was forming my company and how to organize it and um, and and how to really develop products and services that will benefit everyone involved and 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 what I needed as a kid, you know, I, I put myself in my own shoes, really. Like, what what did I need? Um, you know, like in the Oso Safe workshop, we're saying to teachers, get beyond the subject matter of what you're teaching say droplets in your classes where let's say you teach uh, calculus one or two or whatever. Okay, great. You're teaching calculus one or two, which is in high school, right? Usually high school from 14 to 17, 18 years old, but go beyond that because your students look to you as a role model and say things like, okay, any of you, any of you that have dates this weekend, we're not going to rape, correct? We're, we, we're not going to sexually assault anyone. You know what yes looks like and you know what no looks like. Um, say, if you need help, go to a therapist. You could come to me. Uh, I will listen to you. Um, there's no bullying, right? Did anybody save, say, get, um, did anybody prevent a bullying situation from happening that wants to share this? And I say this to teachers, do this in your classes, maybe towards the end of class, because that way students, it'll speak volumes to students beyond the subject of calculus or biology or chemistry or language arts or phys ed, whatever it is. Um, and, and the other thing that we say is those of you that are nonviolent, non-abuse, that you, you have good homes. We're saying, thank goodness you're, you're alive and that you exist. Don't think that you are not a part of this equation. You're instrumental in this equation of nonviolence and safety because you're doing it. You are what every family, every individual should be. Nonviolent, non-abusive, non-chaotic, non-dysfunctional. That's how, that should be the norm, not, oh, when I put the key in my lock, I hope I don't get beat up tonight. Or as a kid, I hope dad doesn't come into my room and ask me to pull down my pants. That should not be your norm. The norm should be, I love my dad. He's so supportive. My mom, even, even if you're divorced, it's fine as long as there's no abuse. Um, 
So the, the people, the families that are, that are proactive, that are positive, that are empowering, keep doing what you're doing. We need you. We need you. Um, you're the example of what everyone needs to be. And, and you're setting the, possi the possibility like it can be done. And that's how it should be done. Um, so I wanted to make a point to say that because I'd also say we educate everyone in residency, whether you're, you're going through violence or not, we never ever single out anyone. Oh, you're an abuser, you're a victim. No, everyone gets educated the same. Um, everyone gets uh, the, same, the, the same information. And, and then we make it interactive where we say, okay, let's practice. I'm going to give you some scenarios and tell us what you would do. So that way it's, it's, it's put to practice um, and, 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 and do this in your workplace, do this at your kid's school and certainly do this at home. So, so that way there's, it really gets to be in your DNA, if you will, and in your psyche, like knowing the warning signs of someone who can be an abuser, you're dating someone and all of a sudden he or she tells you, well, give me your money. I'll handle your money. Um, why don't you put both of us on that account? Meanwhile, you just met him or her or they change the way you dress. You liked to wear mini skirts and, you know, you, you have a very, uh, a very well endowed chest and you like wearing nice clothes, you're in fashion, all of a sudden, they're, you're, 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 um, whoever you're dating says to you, no, I want you for myself. It makes me very jealous when everybody looks at you. Why don't you just wear pants? And these are all signs, warning signs. Um, in children, if their appetite changes, if they're not sleeping, if there's weight loss, if there's drastic weight gain, if they're very conscious of their bikini parts um, in a way that's inappropriate for their age group. These are all warning signs of stuff is going on. I inappropriate things are going on. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I just wanted to elaborate on, on your last um, comment, you know, the, the positive feedback and everything. Um, and to really kind of make the connection more and more and, and that we have to talk about it more and more. And it's okay. It, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. I, sometimes I, I feel like landlords or they say, oh, no, you know, that doesn't go on here. We have no violence going on here. <laughs> yes, you do. I am here to tell you. And the more units you have, it's happening, hands down. So it is in your best interest and your tenants is interest and everyone else involved to get your property also safe certified. That way it's more on the preventative side. You don't wait for the crap to hit the fan, so to speak. Um, you do it right away. Residency just for new and existing tenants. Um, yeah. So I, I just, um, I just wanted to reiterate a couple of points. 
No problem. Um, I do have an icebreaker question and kind of <laughs> line of the mood. Not to say this conversation hasn't been enlightening because it truly, truly has. Um, my icebreaker question is if you could um, have any superpower um, that's not flying, because many people pick flying because um, they miss traveling, um, what superpower um, would you pick? And it could be, even be a made up one um, to make it um, more interesting. That, uh you you would your existence uh or there used to be a cartoon called sophia the first <laughs> and i loved that cartoon my niece uh she would i would watch it with her and sophia would have an amulet and when if she was not acting correctly she would lose her powers to talk to animals and the animals would be able to talk to her. And she was able, I, there were other powers. So I wish we all, my superpower, I would want that everyone had an amulet. I would have an amulet for everyone. And as soon as you even thought about abuse, it would stop you right in your tracks. It wouldn't even... You instead of you know if if a parent was about to it, it you'd freeze verbally, physically, and sexually. So if I could have that superpower, just assign everyone an amulet, myself included, myself included, um, that it would, yeah, that that it it would just even the thought, it, it wouldn't be there. That is such a beautiful answer. And I never heard an answer quite like it. Um, <laughs> I always ask this um, question with my guests and they answer it really differently. And I love how you implemented um, a childhood show, which my niece loves it as well. And then use that one little childhood like amulet and to utilize it in such an impactful way to help others or to specifically to clarify, to prevent any violence for, for occurring, you just are frozen. And I truly, truly <laughs> admire that. That should be a power. It should definitely be a power. Yes, yes, yep, 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 from birth, <laughs> from, from birth or from, or, or right when you get to be, you know, I guess by kindergarten, that you just, you know, because there's a lot of kids that suffer very early on and then they get violent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that amulet's got to work right from birth. There you go. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, well, the, my power isn't as so awesome as yours. Um, I would, um, for my power, even though it's kind of made up, um, which I guess the amulet is made up, but it would be so cool if it was actually physically real to have an amulet such as that, um, would be to have the power of this particular podcast and any other podcasts um, such as this one to be able to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered. So that's great. I like that. I like that. Very good. Very good.
Very good. Yes, yes. Limitless, limitless. Intergalactic <laughs> broadcasting, just like this awesome conversation. It could be heard among millions of planets because there are other life forms out there, even though many people don't think about it as much. But um, No, I, I agree with you. Definitely. Oh, I agree with you. Yes, yes. I bet they pass by and they're like, whoa, what's going on on Earth? We need to pass by later. They need to work on a few things. Let's keep going. <laughs> you know, I bet. No, I agree with you. There, there are definitely, definitely. Hmm. Well, Sabrina, um, I would love to keep this incredible conversation going, but we're at the end of this really awesome episode. Um, did you want to tie in any social plugins um, for my audience or where they could find your um, website um, before we wrap up here? Sure, sure. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, my website is ososafe.com. Uh, my direct email is sabrina at ososafe.com. Um, I'm, on, I'm on all the major social media platforms, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Alignable, um, Instagram. And my TEDx talk is broadcast um, uh, on the internet. And um, yeah, and, and on the on my website, um, there's a tab there to to book on how to book us for speaking engagements, seminars, workshops for real estate schools and workplaces. So um, thank you for the opportunity again, Dion. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. The honor. It was a true honor to have you on my podcast, truly. <sighs> from heart to heart heart to heart <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely to all my listeners stay healthy stay safe um speak up please don't silence your voices because there's always someone out there to help you whether it's myself or miss also my guest here you don't have to go through anything alone and until next time bye thank you Hello everyone, it is your heart warrior Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.